fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? My name is Dr. Henry Ely. You can call me Dr. H. And it is such a pleasure to be here with you today, folks. I want to say, first of all, to all of my listeners, all of my audience, just thank you so much. Uh, Last week, got a little caught up doing some travel. Oh, my goodness. Can I tell you? Can I tell you some things? All right. So I'm driving, right? I'm driving from uh, Phoenix all the way up to Portland. And the concern is, you know, at this time of the year that we're driving, the concern is, am I going to get caught in a snowstorm somewhere and all that other stuff, right? But I'm driving through the most beautiful country that you can imagine, and especially in Lander County, Nevada. And I'm talking, this is a place where there are good people, all right? I've been to Lander now a couple times, and every time I've been through um, Lander County, Battle Mountain, Nevada, specifically. It's just good people who really care about everything. And it's a country that, uh, part of the country that's really blessed, I think, by God. You know, I'm driving through there and it's the Northern Sierras. And, you know, uh, there's just this landscape that will take your breath away. Imagine this huge prairie like conditions. And I'm talking for, 50 to 100 miles, and that the the land gradually sweeps up into these majestic mountains, these majestic mountain ranges. And when you look at the mountain ranges, some of them have snow caps on them, some of them have snow dusting on them, and some have none. So it's this incredible tapestry, this incredible panorama as I'm driving around with snow, uh, some densely packed, some very lightly packed, and then some where the sun is touching, none really existing. And as I'm driving through, right, I wake up one morning real early, it's cold as you want to believe. And I wake up real early and I'm driving through about a hundred mile stretch of this incredible, it's not really a valley, it's so big, it's not really a valley, but there are mountains kind of all around, you know, letting you know that We've been here for a while, you know, and you're the newcomer and it's a good thing. Welcome to our wonderful, wonderful playground that we've created. And there's snow dusted all over this wonderful prairie, kind of elevated prairie, you know, and I'm I'm looking around and the sun is hitting the snow at an angle, everyone. And this is when you know something special is happening all around you because The sun is hitting the snow at this angle that makes the snow glitter. Like this gold glitter is all dispersed in this beautiful, clearly white, no taint to it, no no darkness to it, just this 
beautiful powder that is so lightly covering the ground all around me. And there's foxes running around and you can see crows and you can see even eagles and, and falcons, or at least what I thought were falcons flying around. And we, we saw, I believe they're called a uh, foghorn um, and they're, they're in the antelope family, but they're not really antelopes. They're the largest, uh, you know, the fastest North American land animal uh, in these packs, you know, kind of going around and these herds going around. And of course you see the cattle and things like that. But on this road, folks, it was majestic. Majestic because of just what's going on every single day, every single day. And for somebody like me and maybe somebody like you, that's kind of stuck behind a computer screen some days or stuck on a phone screen some days doing work, right? Because that's what that's what we're doing now, right? Well, folks, you know, um, there's something better out there. And that's what I'm grateful for today. There's something better out there that I hope you give yourself the opportunity to reconnect with, even if it's just periodically, remind yourself that there's something that's been around for a very long time and it nurtures us. It feeds our soul. It helps us get into that wonderful connection with our creator. And it's out there every single day if we take the opportunity to get away from this technology to get away from this technology that does make our lives easier and when in moderation in its proper place does make our lives a little bit better. But as it's attempting and has become a dominating aspect in our lives, something that disconnects us from each other and disconnects us from the wonderful hugs that await us during a holiday season. And I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with the people you love and you ate well. And maybe if you're listening to this, you're still eating well from all that because there's a time for celebration and there's a time to take yourself off of some of the routine and discipline that we get into. If you're getting into really being healthy, there's a time to just get into and say, I'm going to have a couple days of just enjoyment and then I'll get back on this, you know? I hope and pray that when you're out there, when you're, especially if you're looking at your computer screen and it's just become this, oh gosh, everything that comes on the screen now is depressing. Everything I come across is depressing, that there's the happiness that used to exist in the, you know, cute kitty and doggy videos and the adorable baby videos. And I think what the internet really was or should have been created for the sharing of those great memories, those great experiences with each other, um, those sh the sharing of what's good, you know, that's when the internet's at its best. Not the argument, certainly not the propaganda, and certainly not the censorship and control. And we could keep on going, right? And I pray that you take the opportunity to push yourself away from your computer and turn off your wireless router and leave your phone at home. You know, I did that last week too. There was a day where it was just so much negativity coming in. 
you know, and it wasn't just from one source and it was just from seemingly every source. And we're all stressed out. We're all, we've all been injured psychologically at the very least by what's going on. No matter how resilient you are, it doesn't mean you didn't take a hit, but I can tell you, I can't, it felt so good to purposely leave my phone at home. And it's something I'm going to start doing more. I was talking with uh, Dr. Pete Ross, and she had talked about, you know, a few episodes back about how good it feels to put our phone on silent. And I started doing that again. And I was like, oh, thank you for that reminder. It's so good, you know, <laughs> to put your phone on silent and everything and not have it as a extra appendage that you can't leave a room without, you know? Well, I took another step and said, you know, I'm not going to start, I'm not going to keep taking my phone everywhere I go. There'll be some times where it'll be inconvenient. There'll be some times where maybe I wish I had it, but there's going to be a lot more times where I'm glad it's not on my body. I'm glad it's not in my mental and visual field. I'm glad I am leaving technology behind to enjoy whatever my eyes find as we wander sometimes. Because remember, all who wander aren't lost. <laughs> Some of us crazy cats do it because it makes us feel good. So I'm going to encourage you all to get out away from your technology, get out away from your computer, get out away from your phone, get out and let God's blessings that are all around at all time find you. I was recently up in Sedona giving a, a lecture. Some, a lot of you know about this. Gave a presentation on um, DNA repair and fasting and how we get people who are really hurt there. We're going to talk about that today. It's something I haven't really um, talked about. It's something I've been wanting to talk about on the show. So today's show is going to be me and you. And I'll bring, start bringing some guests on in, in the coming weeks, of course. And I don't want you just to get bogged down with my voice. But today, what I wanted to do was come back and express my gratitude, encourage you to get away from and get out away from some of the tech, you know, some of the comforts and let yourself be a little inconvenienced here and there. Let yourself be a little unplugged here and there a couple times a week. Hope is good medicine. And find out that everything's still all right. That maybe there are some hills and some prairies for you to wander along and see the sun shining on maybe a little touch of snow. Snow that'll glitter back to you, letting you know that your creator is ever present and says hello reminding you to have faith that everything is going to be all right, reminding you that there still is a tremendous amount of good in the world, and that it's okay to take a breath, lower some of that tension out of your shoulders. Let a smile return to your face and be touched in such a way that you look forward to saying hello to the next person that you see. Because all of that is out there. 
And all of that is possible. And when we reconnect after we have unplugged, when we reconnect with what has been created after we unplug from that which attempts to control, that's when it makes it a little easier to hear the voice of God, I think. Today's show, we got some cool stuff. I'm going to be talking about, like I said, uh, what I discussed with um, a great audience in Sedona, and, and we've been getting such positive feedback on the presentation as we've shared it. I'm going to show and talk a little bit about uh, the um, Canadian COVID Care Alliance, the Triple C A, and the really great people that I've met recently up there uh, who reached out to me and said, hey, can we maybe start you know, putting something together to help people. There's a lot of people who are hurt. There's a lot of people that are scared and we see that you're doing something and we really like what you're doing. And I met them and man, good people, just good people. What a, what a, what an elixir, you know, when you need it to find good people out there doing good things for the sake of doing good things, you know? Yeah, of course I want to be a part of that. You know, what a what an honor and privilege to be a part of that. We're also going to be talking about um, some of the experiences we've had recently. And some of you may not know this. Uh, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, Energetic Health Institute now conducts a free clinic, free clinic called The Doctor Is In, that doctor being me, for every single person who wants to attend free, who is injured by the shots and or experiencing long haul syndrome, that it's a time for us to talk specifically about this issue and what natural medicine can do to help. So every week I take a case, I I take one case and I'll tell you how to submit your information or a friend's information um, because we do record them. They are for educational purposes. Of course, we record them with permission from everybody that's on. Uh, And then we share them. We share them on our Rumble channel. We share them with our audiences uh, because I care. I want to help. I want to do everything I can to help anyone who's hurt out there, Um, especially people who are hurt due to this, because this wasn't right. I think we all can at least agree on that. So coming back, thank you so much for rejoining me. Thank you so much for listening in. We're going to have a really great show, really informative show today. Uh, and then we'll start bringing some special guests back on as, as we go through this. I do want to move this though in a little different direction. And, and I know I've said this a number of times and I hope we get the opportunity to do that with this show. I want to move this show back into really discussing health and natural medicine and things that you can do to be energetically healthy, right? That That's really where my heart is. I'd Every now and then we get sucked back into talking about COVID and, you know, it's not without good reason or cause. I just, I don't know about you. It really weighs on my soul. It really weighs on my soul that everything we talk about is negative all the time. You know, I really don't want to do that anymore. I know we do have to talk about negative things because it's important for us to stay informed and it's important for us to make sure we're doing everything we can to retain freedom in our world, you know, to preserve it for ourselves and for future generations. And that fight ain't going away. But one thing I've gotten away from a little bit in the last few weeks 
maybe you have too, maybe you haven't, is enjoying the fight. I haven't enjoyed it. And I want to get back into enjoying it. So I think that means we have to start fighting on our terms. And that term I'm going to fight on is love. Love, faith, hugging, (laughs) laughing, enjoying what's going on, even if it doesn't feel good all the time. Because what I'm going to enjoy is the knowledge and the experience that God still exists within me. God still exists all around me. And if I'm missing out on that, forgive me. If I'm missing out on that, it's my fault and no one else's. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is brought to you by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Folks, we're doing great things at the Energetic Health Institute. We're putting out now some do-it-yourself education, most notably our coursework on the art of cellular healing, which is getting rave reviews. We put out that course because I wanted to start giving people who really don't have a background in natural medicine, um, patients and professionals alike who are going to need that information, a accelerated learning opportunity, a way to get dialed into the amazing majesty that the human body is in really about 30 video lessons that will blow your mind and make you appreciate things about yourself that you didn't realize you possessed. And that is the power to heal that in fact, every cell of your body is designed to heal because every cell of your body does have your creator living within them. We just call our creator biochemistry and the chloride shift and physiology and pH. But make no mistake, our creator lives in every single cell of our body. And thank God for that. So, I would encourage you to check out energetichealthinstitute.org and you can find out information on our holistic nutrition certification, our detoxification certification. You can also find out information on great stuff like the art of cellular healing and get a whole bunch of free stuff right there for you along the way when you share your email address with us. So go to energetichealthinstitute.org and become a part of our family. We'd love to have you. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. 
MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. Well, um, before we get into some of the revelations that we've had the last few weeks in the free clinic, and I'll probably cover that in the final segment today, I want to tell you some stories of some people and, and what they're going through, you know, stories that I, I really want you to hear, not that because they're bad, because they're not bad, but really because there are people desperately in need of, of hope. And there's a wonderful experience that you have in life where you can give someone real hope, you know, and I, I hope that that's something that you want to do that's in your heart because it's something you most certainly are capable of doing. And I want to talk a little bit about that experience and, and what it can mean for people who are scared and people who are on the brink right now. And in this time of season, this time of year, we're getting into Thanksgiving, um, our, our celebrated holiday season for a variety of faiths, you know, um, Judaism, Islam, and of course, Christianity, that what we're really reconnecting with is how good we can be and how good the world can become when we are good within it. Because there's a lot of good floating all around us at all times, if we just give ourselves the ability to feel it, it's there. It is there. Very difficult to feel when we're immersed in negativity on these technological devices. Very easy to experience when we're immersed in what God created. So I'm in Sedona, right? And it was such a treat to meet uh, the great Dr. Peter McCullough. We had we had a hoot hanging out, and I, I had hoped we would. He's such a. I was actually the first time I actually met him in person. Right? We've talked. We've been talking and texting and working together for three years. You know, um, over three years. Um, and you know, he's just such a kind-hearted dude, and it was great to to meet uh, Dr. Ben Marble, who's one of the funniest guys you're ever going to come across. Uh, good-hearted, and Dr. Jeff Barkey, and who's just a, a, he's just a good person. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm there, and I'm around all these folks. There were no egos. There was just kindness. There was camaraderie. There was, there was laughter. You know, Dr. Laura Rubialis put on a, a wonderful, wonderful event, um, and the people in Sedona uh, at the Healing Arts Center we were at just were so loving and so, so welcoming. You know, it was it was everything you look for in an event because and the audience tremendous, you know, and the interaction between the audience and the people speaking was great. There was no, hey, you need to be in your own green room and we got to separate you from the crowd. It was no, we're going to go eat together. We're going to go talk together. We're going to laugh together. We're going to hug together. It was just really, really good. You know, it's the way things should be. You know, it's like, yeah, just because someone has knowledge doesn't put them on a pedestal just means that they have something a little extra to share. And that's, that's a privileged position to be in. So, um, um, you know, when, I'm, when I'm, Peter and I weren't 
talking in the back about you know how incredible it is to be alive in this time and to be on this right side of history and how crucial it is that we maintain the fight you know the fight for the fight for what's right the fight for you know goodness the fight for freedom um you know there was you know opportunities to talk about you know what some things that maybe we can do a little bit better as leaders within the movement and languaging and, and things for us to talk about with our audiences there were conversations um, about what people were going through and a lot of listening that is so essential to the healing process i don't know how anyone can heal without being truly listened to and we'll go somewhere with that in the next segment it was uh it was really uh it was really sweet i i was on stage getting ready uh to go and getting my computer set up and kind of getting into you know my mental preparation as a teacher you know when i am conducting myself on stage i move over into a different kind of character and i i take I take control of the room, not in a mean spirited way or an egotistical way, but I, I take control of the room that when I'm speaking, uh, you know, after all my years of teaching experience, I, I know how to command a room and, and it's a really fun process, you know, um, because you can bring people on a, a really incredible journey with you. Um, as you tell a story that is that has facts and information, but that as you tell a story um, that people will find memorable, and I hope, you know. One of the things that I, I have always um, really held to as a, as a presenter, as a speaker, as a teacher, is that people will forget what you tell them, but they'll never forget the way you make them feel. And so in those moments where I'm privileged to be on stage and and um, people want to listen to something that I have to say. When I'm honored in that way and, um, and I get to share what I really love and share what I feel and believe in, um, I will always keep at the forefront of how people feel. That this isn't just an informational dump and, you know, people have been informationally um, exhausted. You know, we've been overfed information that we have to bring things back to how we feel about certain things. And that's why I love sharing stories. I was able to share, share two um, stories of patients that I've worked with who've, uh, who've fully recovered, um, you know, uh, and, I, and the privilege that I've had, you know, working with those patients who've been severely injured by the shots and have recovered. Um, I know other doctors have had some really great experiences as well. And um, you know, that's why I love collaborating with everyone and learning as much as we can, as fast as we can, because we're, we are in a, a race for time right now with, um, with this, with a lot of folks, you know, and let's not understate that, you know, it's, it's a real thing that we are, we're up against. So I'm, I'm, I'm up there on stage and uh, getting ready and getting into character and this uh, sweetheart, I, I, and I forget her name. She was so kind and so nice and just so genuine, you know, just loving, you know, you, you know, when you come across someone that there's just this incredible, uh, you know, nature about them. 
and I'm on stage and I'm like, you know, kind of walking around going through my head of, you know, the sequence of how I want to do it and what extra stories I want to share. And at what point do I want to bring the audience together and let people have their, their memorable moment of, of, you know, being able, one of the things I love to do is I love to have people hold hands or, or hug each other at some point in every presentation because it, it, it allows people one to get off their bums <laughs> and I can talk forever. You can imagine, but it also gives people a chance to remember that we're all human and that it's okay to touch each other. It's okay to hug each other. It's okay to look each other in the eye and reassure each other. It's okay to say, Hey, you're here. I'm here. And together we're going to work together to figure this all out. So I'm going through all this in my head and kind of, you know, fast forwarding and playing when I want to do certain things, when I want to bring the emotion down and when I want to see if I can tell a story and, and get that emotional response from folks in the crowd. You know, I'm kind of going through that whole final rundown in my, my head of, of, you know, putting on a show. I mean, that's what we do. We put on a show, right? A show for freedom. <laughs> And this sweetheart comes up and says, uh, sir, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, okay. We're, we're about to start. It was right after lunch. It's, we're about to start again. And, uh, uh, so now I need you to get off the stage. <laughs> and I guess she didn't recognize me or, or my picture on the, on the flyer or anything like that. So I, I just said, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be up here. And she said, uh, no, you're not, uh, I know you were helping getting the computer set up and doing some sound check stuff, but um, uh, no, 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 no. This is for somebody else. Uh, Dr. Henry Ely is going to be uh, coming up here next. And I looked at her and I smiled and I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Dr. Henry Ely." She goes, "Oh my God, I didn't know. I didn't recognize you. It's just been so big, you know." And you grab folks and you just hug them and you're just like, "Yeah, it's all good. That's trust me. I'm sweetheart. I'm, I'm nobody special. And I know." <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a friend of God and somebody doing the work here. So, you know, so we had a good laugh about that and she was really apologetic afterwards too. And you just grab folks and you just go, no, it's not a big deal. Believe me. Um, I don't have an ego in this. I just want to make sure that I'm helping as many people as I can. So it's, it's not a big deal. Right. But it's just one of those funny behind the scenes moments, you know? So, um, and, and of course I have this, unenviable position of following the great Dr. Peter McCullough who crushed it right before me, you know, and, and right before we went to a, it wasn't lunch. It was actually a short break, about 20 minutes, but uh, you know, he, he crushed it and was just dropping gem after, you know how he does it just gem after gem, after gem, after gem, where you're just like, how in the world could anyone debate this man and say that anything he's saying is wrong? Right. When is Fauci and him? When are we going to lock him and Fauci in a cage match? Right. This is what I proposed years ago that we talk to Dana White, that we we talk to Dana White, we get Fauci and uh, Dr. Peter McCullough in a UFC octagon cage match for charity. All proceeds go to, you know, help people who've been injured by the shot and people that have been affected by the shot. But you get Fauci and Dr. Peter McCullough in a cage match. Uh, for all the tea in China. Okay. You know, you get them in a cage match about this topic. I would, I can't tell you how much popcorn I would make to watch that, that throwdown, right? 
And we all know who would emerge victorious without a shadow of a doubt and be Dr. Peter McCullough, right? Um, but gosh, you know, what a great idea. If, so if you know Dana White, um, pitch it to him. You know, if you pitch pitch a a a cage match, a, a octagon match between Dr. Peter McCullough and Fauci, invite Fauci. We know he won't show up. We can still let Peter educate the entire world on a massive stage and we can still, you know, use the money that's generated for, for good. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm very biased because it's my idea, but I think it's a great idea. So if you know, Dana White, connect me with him or pitch it for me and who cares who gets the credit. It's just a good idea that's long overdue and should happen. So I'm on stage and we're talking and I have, you know, I'm, I'm sharing some of the patient stories, um, uh, really good stories. In fact, I'm letting the patient in one case share the story. She recorded a segment for me that we just let her, we just let her talk and play. And if you watch the video, the, the recording of the um, thing, you'll see it on there. She did, I thought, a really good job. Um, her name is Liana and she did just a great job. And she did a great job of doing the work when she was really scared. Um. And one of the things that that has come up in all of the the education that we're getting, working with people who are injured, is that um, my suspicion is is that there's a methylation issue. You know, uh, my suspicion is that the people who are severely injured, you know, and let's let's not kid ourselves. There's several factors here. You know, you have to you have to go into Dr. Uh, Dr. Sasha Lap. Lapova, I, I maybe I'm probably mispronouncing her name. She's so she's so incredibly intelligent, though. She's the one that talks about the bad batches and the poor quality control, and how there are some batches that have way more lipid nanoparticle than others, and of course with that more mRNA uh, than others, and how um, uh, and and so we know that there are bad batches, and we know there are batches that were likely closer to saline, if not outright saline, and some that were just way oversaturated with lipid nanoparticle. So that's going to be one factor in why people get injured, especially if the injury, in my opinion, is immediate. If the injury is immediate and I'm talking within the same day or within the next, by the next day, you know, that's likely lipid nanoparticle um, uh, contamination. You know, it's just too much um, for the system. Um, but what's really interesting is we're seeing a lot of folks come back where it's, it's the second shot that's doing them in. First one, they made it just fine. They got went and got the second one. There was a little something going on after the first one, but it was that second one that just did them in. You know, we, we've been seeing this pretty consistently. Um, so, you know, I had people ask me, well, Doc, why, you know, why do you think some people are getting injured and some aren't, you know? And I'm like, well, the first thing you have to look at is concentration of lipid nanoparticle and mRNA. The second thing you have to look at then is, is, you know, what was injected into the system? Were there any other adjuvants? You know, is, is there graphene oxide? I think everybody's pretty well convinced there is by this point. Is there some, are there other substances that can be um, really injurious to the, to the cell? And then the next thing is, well, did it upload? Did it actually genetically modify? And my position on this has been, you know, it's not a guarantee that because somebody got the shot, they were genetically modified. That's why they're advocating for multiple shots and then boosters afterwards within the same year. You've never seen this on any schedule. You've, folks, you have to step back for a second and look at, at the shots, okay? The shots that were there beforehand, before COVID shot, okay? Before Pfizer, 
shot and murdered people before Moderna shot and murdered people. Yeah, that's the terminology I'm going to be using on this moving forward. Okay. You have to look at this and understand that prior when people got shots, yeah, you had to get boosters, but the boosters you didn't get in the same year. The boosters you didn't get, you know, several in the same year. Why would you need to get multiple shots within the same year? Why is it that it's been confirmed that anybody who got boosted, the any benefits, any of the possible small percentage of benefits that could be gained from this were gone well before six-month time period, and thus necessitating another booster? Come on. Come on. No other shot has needed that. And you know why? Those shots were tested properly, and those shots weren't trying to kill people, even though they did. All right? Yeah, they did. And you can go to Varus to confirm this, okay? You know, when, when you look at that, folks, I think it becomes very, very important to start asking why. And I think that's what we're seeing out in the public. A lot of people asking why, why is this happening? Why is this, why is this affecting this person this way and not affecting this person this way? What we've come up with is methylation issues. Now methylation, all right, a methyl group is a carbon molecule surrounded by three hydrogen molecules. Okay. If you can picture that, you know, a C, if you're in back into organic chemistry, a C with three H's around it and one opening space for an attachment. What the body, the cell level uses methyl groups for is twofold. First, methylation is a key component to how cells detoxify themselves. So methylation is one of the pathways for detoxification of substances within the cell that the cell wants to get out. Okay. Now that's outside of the nucleus where there's DNA. When it comes to the DNA, methylation is used to protect the DNA, to make sure the DNA is not in a vulnerable state. So now I just want to give you this quick idea of how people are getting genetically modified, because this, is, this is, was my concern when they first proposed these shots, the warp speeded the shots, right? When the mRNA is injected into the body with a lipid nanoparticle, you have to appreciate that every cell in the body has a lipid component because it's called the phospholipid bilayer, the cell wall. That's what it's called, the phospholipid bilayer. What that means is that indiscriminately, the, this, this shot was going to be able to go everywhere. If it gets into circulation, which it will, if it gets into the lymphatic system, which it will, it's going to be able to go everywhere in the body. When you inject something into the body, it can go everywhere in the body. That's how it works. That takes on an added um, transportability when there's a fat associated with whatever's injected, because every cell in the body loves fat. Every cell in the body needs fat. Okay. When you have that situation where you have mRNA wrapped in a lipid nanoparticle and that lipid nanoparticle can go anywhere and everywhere and, and basically merge with whatever cell it wants indiscriminately to release its package, its package being the mRNA sequence, the mRNA encoded spike protein sequence from what we know. What that makes is it very dangerous. 
because that means it can upload into a neurologic cell. That means it can upload into the brain. That means it can upload into reproductive glands. That means it can upload into mammary ducts where breast milk is produced. That means it can upload into the liver. That means it can upload into the kidneys. That means it can upload into really the cells around your big toe. I mean, it, it can upload wherever there can be a problem and wherever it can upload, it will and can create a problem. Well, once the mRNA uploads into the cell, the question changes a little bit. And the next question becomes, can the mRNA reverse transcribe into DNA? Well, yeah, the Lund University study in February of this year proved that, proved the first study that ever investigated that question proved it and proved that it happened within six hours. Okay, well, that's terrifying. That mRNA sequences reverse transcribe into into DNA sequences within six hours. That's terrifying. So then the next question becomes, can that DNA find its way into the nucleus where your DNA is and upload and become a part of your DNA? The answer to that is yes. How do we know? We're looking at it in real time with people who are severely injured. So then the question becomes, well, why did that happen for some people and not others? Well, it happened for some people in theory right now. This is the theory I'm, I've been developing this year because methylation, remember I said, is there to protect your DNA, to make your DNA less vulnerable. So if a person has a methylation issue unknown to them, that means their DNA is constantly exposed and their DNA is constantly vulnerable. It's in those people that a DNA, a reverse transcribed DNA sequence is likely to upload into them. So is it a guarantee that everybody that got the shot is genetically modified? Absolutely not because not everybody that got the shot has methylation issues. But the people who did get the shot and who do have methylation issues and who continue to get more shots, it is a mathematical certainty that they will be genetically modified at some point if they're not already. And that's why this whole program, as I've been saying since January of 2021, right? Just weeks after it came out, we had enough safety signals to show that it needed to be shut down. That's why I've been saying since January of 2021, shut it down and why I argued so vehemently in 2020 for it never to be approved. Because it was a biologic certainty that this was a bad idea and it was going to kill people. And that's what we've been seeing. So folks, when we come back, and I'm going to make sure we have that link to the presentation for those of you who haven't seen it, we'll put it, have it in the show notes. We go to podcast. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the stories we've been hearing. And I want to talk about the hope that we can bring, right? And I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the negativity. I, I want to talk about the goodness that we can bring. And I'm going to tell you a little funny story about a mask conversation, or I should say a conversation I had with a masked woman in a store a couple of days before Thanksgiving, because I think it maybe might give you an, a different perspective on something, because it certainly gave me a different perspective on a few things. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. America Out Loud meets to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
liberty and justice for all. All right, welcome back, everyone. Well, as promised, so it's a couple days before Thanksgiving, right? I'm in I'm in the store buying, of course, some organic food. There's a great article, by the way, on um, Epic Times by Melissa Diane Smith. We'll put this in the show notes too. Uh, great question. Is the organic produce you're buying really organic? She does a great job talking about aquaponics and hydroponics and how they've co-opted the term organic. And she gives some great resources from the Cornucopia uh, Institute and a few other sources for you as a consumer. So we'll make sure that's in the note. Please check out that article. One of the things you want to keep in mind about organic foods is not only is there no pesticides on it, or at least they're not supposed to be, not only is there no pesticides on it, but it's going to have a higher vitamin and mineral content. And one of the things that I will talk to you in a future episode about is how that impacts taste. See, organic foods are better because they taste better <laughs> and your taste buds know when there's something nutritious and something not nutritious. And what's really interesting about that is most pesticides and pesticide residue on your produce. If you're eating conventionally grown produce, it tastes bitter. And that's why in many cases, kids don't like veggies, <laughs> but if you gave them organic veggies, you'd likely give them a tremendously different response. And that's exactly what we see in the moms who are feeding their kids organic at the Energetic Health Institute. But we'll talk about that another time. So I'm in the store and we're talking and, you know, and I'm just, you know, seeing some moms in the store. You can see the seriousness with which they're buying the food, right? And and there's a, there's a definitive game plan in place. The show is theirs and they know it and they are going to crush it. There is there is no messing this meal up, right? And it's just like, I'm looking at these moms walking around and these grandmas walking around. I'm like, wow, I wish I was coming over to your place because you are serious about getting this done, right? And I, so uh, I'm buying some, um, some onions, I think, or we were looking for some, no, we were looking for some garlic, right? Some organic uh, garlic for a dish I was making. I'm making uh, some, I was making some Brussels sprouts, uh, some honey glazed Brussels sprouts, but we were also making some tempura um, sweet potatoes and, and onions, you know, just doing a little bit different flair and I'm making a, a African peanut butter stew. I'm just doing things a little bit differently because we have the traditional dishes and I like to do the things that aren't traditional and really kind of balance out the Thanksgiving meal. Delicious, by the way, let me tell you, it was fantastic. So, you know, I'm, I'm going through all of this and, uh, and here comes this woman walking up wearing a mask. And I don't know about you. I, I've really had, uh, I've really had a grudge that I got, I'm letting go of. I've really had a grudge against folks who are wearing masks still, the folks driving around by themselves in fear, wearing a mask, the folks walking by themselves, wearing a mask, the folks going into a store, touching everything, but still wearing a mask, the folks going into a gym, you know, where everybody's touching things and sweating and all that other stuff and still wearing a mask. You know, I've just, I, I, it, I've been judging people. Not, I'm not proud to admit it, but I have been, and it's not good. It's not healthy. And it's something that I'm stopping and right now. So here comes this woman, you know, um, up to, uh, you know, uh, to grab some garlic as well. And we started a conversation and of course she's wearing a mask and she's leaning back, but she's being really super cordial. 
And while I would love to see her face and while I would love to see her smile, right? I, you know, just sat there and I was like, okay, I'm not going to be pissy with this person and I'm not going to be judgmental this person. And as soon as I made that decision to not do that, conversation opened up. Conversation not about the mask or anything. A conversation just about what we were both making for dinner and just talking and having a human moment. And it dawned on me while I was doing that. Because I've had this question for these folks that are wearing the masks still. I've had this question where I go, when is it going to be safe enough for you to take something off that's never worked? Let me say that again. When is it going to be safe enough for you to take something off that's never worked? But you know what? It's a judgmental question. You know? It's me saying, I know what's best for you and you should take that off. Now, I know from a psychological perspective and a, a physiologic perspective, people should have those masks off. As a doctor, I know it's harmful more than it's helpful, okay? But if I'm not coming from a place of compassion and love when I have these thoughts, then only thing that I'm doing is judging folks. And it's really, that creates its own energy field. And of course, all that does is entrench them in wanting to be more afraid because they're going to believe they're right and I'm a kook. And I'm going to believe that they're enslaved mentally, you know, to lies, which sadly some of them are, but that doesn't make them any less human. And that doesn't make them any less the potential as part of the solution. And so it was really revealing for me in a, in a good way for myself to have this conversation, not about the mask, about just living with someone and laughing because we were laughing together and it was no big deal. And I thought to myself, maybe I've been wrong this whole time. And the reality is I have been wrong this whole time being angry at these folks. That the real thing that we can do if we want to get these masks off is to just talk with them. And in those conversations, be reassuring. So they want to take the mask off so that they go, you know what? This person here isn't afraid and they seem pretty nice and seem like they know a little bit and things like that seem like they care. Maybe I can take the mask off now, right? Because that's all the mask is, is saying I'm, I'm afraid. And how do we help people or our children when they're afraid? We reassure them. We don't force them to not be afraid. You can't force someone to not be afraid, but you can reassure them so that they feel there's no reason to be afraid. And that's what I'm going to be doing moving forward. And I hope you'll join me with that. So every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, Energetic Health Institute, we host a free virtual clinic for people injured by the shots and people with long haul. And we have a pretty good group that's been amassing. You know, we've have typically over 30, 40 people every week. We've had some great attendance from um, the uh, Canadian COVID Care Alliance, the Triple CA folks. Um, just great people. I'm so excited to work with them, and we're we're working on developing our collaborations right now, and how and what that's going to look like. But I'm so excited to work with them. It's just. So refreshing to come across people who are doing this, not for themselves, not for the satiation of their ego, not for financial gain. They're just doing it because it's the right thing to do. It's in their heart to do it. 
called, you can see them called to service by God. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get you. I want to help you. I'm going to help you. And I'm, you're, and I'm going to learn a lot. And I know you're going to help me in the process too. It's going to be a great experience for everybody involved, including and especially the people who come to us for help. But one of the people that came to us for help, um, uh, and we've had uh, now three sessions, but um, in this latest session, one of the people that came to us for help uh, is um, just a sweetheart. Her name is Meredith. And just an absolute sweetheart. Um, and you see this more often than not. You know, you hear the same story. I didn't want to get it, but I was pressured by my family, the people I love, my job, you know, and I, I ended up getting it. And I didn't feel good. And I didn't want to get the second one. And I don't, I went against my better judgment and I got the second one. And now I'm scared. One, it's okay to be scared. If you got the shots, it's okay to be scared. Okay. It, let's, but let's take that energy and do something with it. So what I've been doing is we go through a narrative, right? And if you want to participate in this, you can send to info right now that we, we have it set up to just send an email. If you want to be a candidate for uh, cause I do one patient um, a day, or I should say one student a day, because this is more educational than it is me as a doctor. But I take one case per day, uh, one case per session. Um, so if you want to, you can send in a narrative, a short narrative on what's been going on with you, um, a, a health history, a timeline of from when you got the shot or when you got sick to where you are now, what's been going on, what doctors have done that have worked or haven't worked. Uh, and you can send in questions that you want to make sure directly get answered. And then um, if people want to send in what they're currently taking in terms of um, pharmaceuticals and uh, or nutraceuticals, um, and they want to send in their labs, they can. I can't promise to get through all the labs or anything like that in the time frame we have allowed, but we can get through a lot. So she sent all this stuff in, folks. And you know what? She said something to me that was really awesome. To start, she said, you know, Doc, I've been listening to you for the year, last year or so, and you've been talking about fasting and, and extended fasting for so long. And I finally just said, I'm going to do it. And she ended up doing 89 hours of water fasting, right? So that's over three days. That's almost four days of, of water fasting that she did. And she said, Doc, I got to tell you, the best two days I've had since I got injured by the shot have been the two days following that fast. And I said, that's fantastic. Do you know what that says? It says one, that you have the ability to do this. But number two, it says that your body is responsive to what you're doing, that you felt good for two days after is a preview of coming attractions. If you can commit to yourself to keep doing the work. So we went through our health history and, you know, you see the same things, nausea, um, you know, neurologic issues, cardiovascular issues, signs that the kidneys in her case were underperforming, signs that the um, liver is being impacted. You just see all systems are really heavily assaulted by spike protein. And that's why it's like, why in the world would you inject an mRNA sequence that co-ops cell function to make this spike protein when you know in and of itself, the spike protein injures the cell? That it's that's what makes it a bioweapon folks it's not a it's not a vaccine it's not even gene therapy it's gene modification using a bioweapon that's what it is call it what it is 
So we, you know, we, we talked and, you know, the thing that was really sweet about her experience and I'll, I'll see if I can get that up this week too, before we go to the podcast. So you can have that in the notes too. The thing that was really awesome about her, she asked me a question at the end and she, you know, had tears in her eyes and she's such a sweetheart. She said, is there hope? Do you believe I can heal? I said, I bet your ass, you bet your ass you're going to heal. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you. That's how we win. We may not win this in courts. We may not win this um, in the ways that we should be able to win this. When we bring hope to each other, we let that spring eternal throughout us. When we refuse to accept defeat, when we refuse to accept that people who've gotten the shot are on a death sentence, when we refuse to accept the lies, when we refuse to accept the evil, when we refuse to allow hate into our hearts, we win. And I can tell you it's the biggest challenge we have in front of us is making sure we don't allow hate and judgment and these ugly things into our hearts so that they become our new normal. My new normal is going to be my same old normal when I'm at my best. If it's going to be done, it's going to be done with love. It's going to be done with kindness. It's going to be done with belief and faith and courage. It's going to be done in the way that I believe God wants us to do it. We weren't born to hate each other. That's why when we hate, it feels so bad. We were born to love each other. And why when we love each other, it feels so good. I'm going to encourage you to get out and find your snow-capped mountain if you're in an area that lets you have snow and get see some of that glitter that God shines down on us. I'm going to encourage you to talk to people wearing masks and talk to them. Not because you want them to, or you need them to take the mask off, but because you want to be reassuring. And I'm going to encourage you to lead with love in everything that you do. Because when you lead with love, that's how we win. Remember, folks, to be a friend of God means accepting four awesome responsibilities in this day and age. To take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble in all that you do. May God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. H for the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio, and we'll see you again next week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Aloha and adios.